We just spoke with Jeff Jefferson, co-founder and CEO of Employee Drive, about his almost lifelong career in the staffing industry and how Employee Drive can help with your payroll, benefits, and ACA compliance. You're listening to the Purple Squirrel Podcast, where you'll learn how to make the unattainable attainable through the insights of staffing technology experts. We're your hosts, Sarah Haberman and Hannah DeBool. Jeff, how are you? We're very happy to have you. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Looking forward to to chatting a little bit more about Employee Drive and, and your background. Um, so, but I guess before we start talking about Employee Drive, everyone is dying to know, is your real name Jeff Jefferson? Uh, no. So my, <laughs> as, I, uh, as I like to tell people, no, my mom did not name me Jeff Jefferson. Um, so That was J- a- Jay Cutler tipped us off on that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, thought, I just yeah. thought we were kind of being jerks. <laughs> no, that was, <laughs> that was, that was, was Jay. That was Jay. I was going to say, Jay's one to talk about names, right? I yeah, know. that's Jay Cutler. Yeah, the, the Jay Cutler. Um, yeah, no, I was actually, uh, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a cool story. I was actually in the military, and I'm about 6'7". Um, and so uh, in the military, they tend to shorten your last name, and that's what, they, that's what you go by. So, like, my roommate was Joe Kristoff. He went by, jo- uh, went by Chris. Um, I was Big Jeff. So I got the, the nickname of Jeff from, uh, from Uncle Sam. Cool. I didn't. I actually didn't know that 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 yeah. was a thing. Yeah. What What's your actual first name? Uh, my actual first name is Charles. Charles. Oh. Yep. I like Jeff Jefferson. Yeah, well, I think I, it too. rings that's, exactly. Good yeah. story. Good. It's memorable. That's yeah. what. That's what Jay, who for our listeners is one of the managers on the um, alliances team, like Hannah. Yeah. Um, he says that he his actual name is Joseph. But he goes by Jay because it's more memorable. Yep. There you go. Well, it goes by Jay because he goes by Jay. And he's kept going by Jay because yeah. it's more right. memorable. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, you've been involved in some way, shape, or form in the staffing industry since 1998, I believe. But tell us a little bit about your, your life before staffing. Um, obviously, you heard about the, the military stuff. So I came from a mm-hmm. really, really small town in uh, a really, really small state called uh, Bridgeville, Delaware. And... Um, I went to school for a couple of years to play basketball, being six seven. Then I ended up completely quit quit school, joined the military, and uh, um, ended up jumping out of airplanes for a living, and then playing basketball in the military full time. And that's that, a thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a thing. Um, so a lot of the military bases have like post; they call it post teams, and so that's cool. part of your you know part of your your gig is to play on those post teams. And I ended up on the all army basketball team. Um, back in 95 and, uh, then I just kind of lucked out that, that it happened to be at the time it was, I ended up uh, getting a full scholarship to the university of Richmond to play basketball and the military let me out early. So I went to, went to Richmond, played for two years and then went to Europe to try to be a professional basketball player and, uh, completely demolished my knee. So, uh, I uh, came back to the States and got a job working at Apex Systems. Logical nice. transition. Yeah. I, yep. Go from playing hoops <laughs> yeah. to sitting in a chair making you know 100 phone calls a day. Well, I think you said it was jumping out of playing hoops, jumping out of airplanes, then playing hoops again. Yes. And then making a million phone calls. Exactly. Exactly. Quite, quite the journey. Is there some sort of like, I don't know, edict that if you're over six, seven, you have to play basketball? Uh, no, but it's certainly helpful. <laughs> it helps. Yes. There's a number of areas it helps and in other areas it really sucks, but yeah. 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 
<laughs> so you've had quite the journey on your way to Employ Drive. Can you kind of give us your elevator pitch on who Employ Drive is, what what they do, and why staffing customers care? Yeah, so the, the elevator pitch is we're a um, staffing-specific alternative to ADP paychecks uh, and the typical payroll players. Um, I, I think, you know, part of, you know, some of this will be answered in some of the other questions, you know, that, that you guys will ask, I'm sure. But, you know, I think part of the, the, the issue and, and the reason that staffing companies care about that is, as you guys see, you know, Bullhorn sees it and you know, a lot of other ETS vendors see it. If you don't have some experience in the niche and in the space, you tend to lack credibility in some cases. So um, especially something as kind of mission critical as payroll. Um, we saw the same thing, you know, back in the day with the, the old Time Sheezy software, now born back office. If you, if you haven't lived the pain, you come into the relationship at a severe disadvantage, right? And so yeah. um, I think clients, um, you know, clients really kind of take to the fact that we've been in their shoes. We've done invoicing, we've done payroll, we've done, you know, time car collection, we've done placing, you know, placement. So, you know, we, we've lived their pain. So when we, mm-hmm. you know, are going into a, a sales or an implementation or a support uh, uh, engagement with a customer, we can actually talk about it like we know what we're talking about, right? Versus totally. ADP and paychecks and all the, the traditional vendors out there, they're just selling, right? They have mm-hmm. no idea, you know, what they're, what they're talking about, especially when mm-hmm. you get into the weeds, you know? So the elevator pitch is we're very specific in staffing, we do payroll, ACA, benefits administration. Um, and the reason that staffing companies like that is because we actually know know their business. So. Right. Yeah. I think there's some sort of parallel there between the fact that, like here at Bullhorn, we sell an ATS and CRM and we use that internally. Yep. So there's kind of like a, there's a little bit more truth to the words, I think, of our sales team sure. that, hey, we actually use this and it's what powers our business. Yep. So you can you can trust in that fact. So I think I get, I get what you're saying there. Um, can you tell us why a staffing firm might outsource payroll? Are there scenarios where outsourcing might not necessarily make sense? Yeah. Um, so I think the statistics like 45% of, of all U.S. companies um, outsource payroll or, or tax or, or both um, in their business. Um, and I would say is you when you look at, at a, at a an individual kind of niche or, or a more of a broad niche within staffing, you probably have much higher or lower numbers on that. Um, and we really kind of break our customers down into sort of three different areas. So we've got, you know, our professional staffing, so it's like IT and, you know, accounting and finance, engineering, um, legal, you know, office work, that sort of stuff. Um, I think you find a much higher percentage of those organizations outsource payroll. Um, and I think a big kind of reason for that, they operate at higher margins, obviously, um, their time, I think a lot of them kind of value their time a little more uh, because they're, they have, um, you know, really high end requirements and they've got, it's, it's a lot less volume, um, you know, so it's more important for them to spend that time on the recruiting side of the business and the revenue generation side of the mm-hmm. business, right? Um, they're also more spread out geographically. So if you're in more than a couple of states, keeping up with compliance and, you know, changes in tax law and changes in, you know, um, paid sick leave laws, that sort of stuff. It's just, it's a lot to keep up with. Um, and of course, ACA compliance, right? Because they're offering benefits. They have to manage, you know, benefit plans and they have to report that um, to the feds and, and to the employees. So the the second niche, and, and for us, that's about 66, 67% of our business. Um, mm-hmm. We do about 22% of our business is commercial and, and light industrial. 
staffing. And I think the second part of your question is, are there scenarios where outsourcing may not make sense? Traditionally, that's a, a, an area, you know, that, that kind of reluctantly, you know, outsources payroll or they look at outsourcing payroll and then they don't do it, right? Um, lower margins, um, more geographically focused, so it's easier for them to kind of run a payroll operation because they're in one state or maybe two states. Um, the, and, and historically, I think they don't, they don't like the model with an ADP or paychecks because of the fact that they run multiple payrolls, right? When you run your own payroll, you can do payroll whenever you want. Right, um, ADP paychecks they, they operate a little differently from a from a cost structure as well as a support structure perspective. Um, those sort of operations need you know high availability. Right, you gotta you gotta run a quick special payroll on a Thursday to get everybody paid on Friday. You can't wait on hold for half an hour with ADP, right, and then have to explain you know over a period of time what you do for a living, you know, to get ADP to actually set up your special pay run, right. Um, on top of the fact that they don't allow overnight ACH. So um, so there's a bunch of reasons on that side. We actually overcome that a lot. The reason we've been able to work with commercial staffing um, is because there's no such thing as a late payroll and you can run as many payrolls as you want. It doesn't impact your cost. And our team, our, our, our support structure is there so that you're not on hold for half an hour you know, to get someone to set up that special payroll. Um, yeah. Then the last section of our business is healthcare. Traditionally, they don't operate with uh, or, or don't outsource payroll. Um, a lot of the, you know, like travel nursing and, and uh, healthcare clients we work with, they do daily pay, um, which does not in any way, shape, or form kind of mesh, you know, with the traditional payroll world. So we actually mm -hmm. uh, enable clients to do daily payroll on the healthcare side. That's a niche we really want to focus, you know, more and more on moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, they they wouldn't outsource that part of their business because the other services just don't support it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you, so what are some of the other, you just, you mentioned that light industrial staffing was a little bit more like hesitant to outsource their payroll, mm -hmm. but I'm sort of pivoting away from like that type of, of thing. What are some of the, some of the differences between different industries? Um, like, I guess from a cultural perspective that might make them a little bit more hesitant to to outsource something or use a, a new technology that you've maybe experienced. And I'm asking because I, I spoke with a light industrial customer of ours earlier today, um, and they were talking a lot about payroll, and they were a little bit hesitant to adopt new technologies. And I'm wondering if you mm -hmm. can kind of speak to, like, the maybe the why behind that, just in your experience. Yeah, you know, I think in our sample size on the light industrial side and commercial side is, is fairly small. So, you know, probably more anecdotally than, you know, statistically across the, across the board. But, you know, what, what we find is the kind of the adoption or, or the kind of reluctance to adopt technology, it, it tends to sometimes, and, and again, we're, we're a small sample size, it, it tends to be driven by the fact that there's some person in the business who's just been doing this for so long and they're so reluctant to yep. take that piece of, of work away from, you know, that specific human being. Yeah, again, at least across our clients, we, we've seen that and customers that have, have decided to outsource. We've had multiple clients. Part of the reason that they did is because that person retired. No yep. joke, right? And so you've got, you know, I just kind of used the, the, the name, you know, Mildred has been doing your payroll for 30 years. Well, what are we going to do with Mildred if we outsource payroll, right? That's all Mildred yep. has ever done, you know? So there's certainly some of that. And, and again, I think it's the market has just made it difficult for them to do that, right? So I think you know, culturally it's ingrained that you, 
you know, that you just do it yourself. It's what you do for a living, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mildred. 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 (laughs) So what are, I guess, how do you, how do you go into engagements like that? And what are some of the things that you show them or some of the stories that you share with them to kind of demonstrate that, like, this is an underserved area of your business or this is a way that your business could improve if you adopt new technology or if you outsource your payroll? Yeah, and I think the kind of the from a sales perspective, it's it's in a lot of cases it's the same as what we were doing, you know, back with the you know, time and expense software. It's when you're replacing a more manual, you know, in-house process, you're going in and saying, hey, look, here's how you can, you know, create some efficiency in the business. Take the time that you're spending doing this on, you know, other more, whether it's revenue generation or report, you know, uh, you know report generation, you know, type activities. So basically take that person's, you know, time and kind of retask them, right, as, as any person selling any software or service is always trying to do because when you replace Mildred, who might be like the owner's sister-in-law or something, right? Um, Mildred's yeah. not very happy with you, you know, but then for us, you know, speaking very specifically about how we go into these engagements, it's um, it's like, look, we're not trying to replace your team or trying to, you know, um, you know trying to get anybody fired, right? We want to we wanna work with your team and we basically like embed as a almost a component of that organization, right? From a support perspective, it's day-to-day, we're, we're really... Um, you know, kind of more concierge level from a support side. Um, So we're not looking to replace, we're actually looking to augment your team and then get these really kind of high risk operations out of your, out of your hair, right? If, if you guys mess up a tax payment, that's on you. If we mess it up, Mm -hmm. it's on us, right? And so, um, you know, especially some of the, the LI, so like our customers are commercial, they're, they are across, you know, multiple jurisdictions or they're in Ohio or Pennsylvania and you're dealing with local tax and that sort of thing. Take that complicated part of the business, you know, off of your kind of risk platform, right? So are you are you finding, I feel like we hear the phrase like robots are coming for your jobs <laughs> or our jobs mm-hmm. constantly, um, especially working in the technology industry. Do you have to kind of fight, it's, it sounds like you do have to sort of fight against that language or that rhetoric as you're trying to sell your product and convince people that it that it is a, a worthwhile spend and that it's it's augmenting, like you said, people's jobs as opposed to replacing them. Mm-hmm. Like, how how do you fight against that? Do you find <clears throat> that you have a lot of people pushing back with that kind of language? Um, not for what we do. That That's, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm at, you know, Engage or, you know, uh, Staffing Tech, you know, or one of, the, one of the trade shows and, you know, they're talking about AI and blockchain and all this, you know, really fancy stuff. The, the We're kind of, you know, and again, I might be you know blinders on, but you know as, as we look across the landscape of what we do, the reality is there are so many nuances from one state to the next, from one town to the next, from one city to the next. When it comes to tax, when it comes to you know all of these um, you know all these regulations and compliance you know related issues, from from our perspective as a payroll you know payroll and ACA compliance vendor, we're not really super worried about automation because whoever cracks that nut is, you know, the next Google, right? Because mm-hmm. um, there's so many moving parts, you know, mm-hmm. 50 states, you know, just think about Pennsylvania has 2,800 different tax, you know, jurisdictions, right? Ohio, wow. every single city has its own, you know, tax. You've got school-based taxes. Dealing with that in a really super automated way um, is not really super feasible, right? So mm-hmm. from, from our perspective and competing with ADP and paychecks and those guys, you know, there's certainly some lights out sort of, you know, activities that could be automated, but you know, at the end of the day, humans have to be involved because there's so many decisions to be made, especially then you, right. 
not just payroll, you're talking about benefits and you're talking about ACA, you're talking about workers comp, yeah. you know, these, these sort of things are so complex and just, there's no uniformity, right? So mm -hmm. there's no way to build something to automate that, you know, you have mm -hmm. to have humans making decisions every minute of every day, right? Totally. Yeah. What, what are some of the trends that you're seeing then in the benefit space and even just around like growing employee, lo employee loyalty and retention and employer brand? You know, I think just in general, I mean, obviously for, from, from our side, the, um, just the fact that more clients and more, more companies are actually putting in place, whether it's just a simple neck plan, you know, like with an essential staff care or American worker, or, you know, one of those sort of, sort of products yeah. and, you know, to get too deep in the weeds on that stuff, but, but they're, they're being um, more cognizant of these that, that, Hey, we have to offer something. Right. And then, um, you know, then obviously clients are even more, you know, are offering, you know, full major medical, like real, you know, healthcare plans. So I think back, um, and I don't know what the exact percentages are these days of clients, you know, across, across the board with us, it's, it's, you know, probably 75% of our clients offer benefits. Um, so that's a much higher number than the statistics I had heard years ago when I owned my staffing company it was like a quarter of, you know, staffing companies offered, you know, offered healthcare. So um, I think just in general, the fact that, that clients are now actually putting those plans in place, um, our clients, um, and doing it obviously in, in a compliant way. We do a lot of work with our clients, not necessarily to, to force that compliance, but to, you know, help them with it. But, um, and then of course, just the ability for employees to kind of manage their own experience. That's, you know, talking about like self-service and, you know, instead of having yeah. to pick up the phone to call in and change your tax, you know, uh, withholdings or to, you know, update your direct deposit account, right? It's giving the employee the ability to do that stuff. So obviously that's a big part of it. Um, you know, and then of course the, the brand. So, you know, like things that Bullhorn's doing for, you know, custom pages, you know, landing pages, jobs, you know, applications, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's, it's trying to get that stuff into as much as possible, kind of a single platform, right? And so I see a lot of clients, you know, kind of trending towards that. Um, yep. It's, it's obviously, you know, and then I think the big thing, cause you got really kind of two as, as you know, in staffing, right? You got two sides of the house, right? The, the temp, you know, organization, right? You, you obviously want to retain those folks for your clients, but then you've got your internal staff. And I think the biggest trends there are certainly around, um, you know, retain, uh, um, certainly around developing, you know, employees, making sure that they, they feel like yeah. you know, they're getting uh, career progression, right? So there's a path for them to, you know, to thrive in the organization. There's, you know, leadership that's actually giving them knowledge and, and you know, allowing them to collaborate and work across different, or, you know, parts of the organization, that sort of stuff. So um, those are some of the big things that, that we see. So and we're certainly, we've got our kind of our, our finger on the pulse, you know, and there's certainly some ideas around how to, you know, kind of enhance that for our customers. Um, it's a tough nut to crack though, for sure. And I, I also think, I just want to add to the, the bit about, people looking for a little bit more training and reskilling and, and all of that, um, all of those buzzwords. It's, I, I feel like that type of thing also helps you to, or helps our mutual customers to sort of further develop their relationships with their clients because oh, yeah. they're sort of raising the bar for the type of experience that they're delivering to their clients because they're further developing their internal staff and even in some cases their contractors. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's, well, it's, it's all connected. Yeah. It's funny, you know, like thinking about, uh, you know, at Engage last year, right. When Art was doing the keynote and talking about how, you know, some of the, um, you know, some born clients are actually creating, you know, either a relationship with a trade school or actually, you know, creating their own, you know, yep. and, and instead of That's going cool. out and recruiting, 
you know, for talent in this one specific skill set, they're creating the talent, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that you'll see that more and more is my guess. Yeah. yeah. So I actually want to rewind a little bit. Can you tell us about your journey as a founder and what that, if there was one, what that lightning bolt moment was for starting Employee Drive? Yeah. Um, the so after of course the you know the the failed the attempt at pro basketball you know working <laughs> with Apex you know which is obviously one of bit you know Bullhorn's large customers so I was the twentieth employee hired at Bull, at, uh, at Apex. Um, oh wow! We had there were two offices, um, and so I got the opportunity you know pretty early in my career. I actually opened and ran the Dallas Texas office for Apex. So um, oh. so. I got kind of the entrepreneurial bug by basically, you know, and, and think about this. I'm, I can't remember how old, 27, 26, whatever. I was a little bit of an older grad because of my military, you know, experience in there. Um, I'm sitting on a milk crate in the middle of a completely empty office that hasn't been renovated yet in Las Colinas, Texas, with a book of lists and a telephone. <laughs> and that's how I started the Dallas office, right? And so, oh my gosh, that's so funny. You know, I love to hear these old stories. <laughs> like I can't even imagine, right. doing especially that. such such established companies <laughs> yes. now. Like, yeah. Right, yeah. humble beginnings. Always. Yeah. So you know, it was about a week for them to get the furniture and all that stuff. So yep. yeah, you know, having great. that experience of like I'm starting at ground zero and I'm I'm building something. So you know, a little pat on my own back, right? Is the we were the 11th office open, and when I left Apex, it was the fourth largest office, right? So you know, from sitting on a milk crate to, you know, being one of our most successful offices was a pretty cool experience. So what I learned there was how to treat people, right? I, I learned mm -hmm. what it takes to develop, and that was a big part of Apex's success, I think. One is, is, is being very stringent with how they hired and, and then staying true to sort of the profile and the types of people that they, you know, wanted to bring into the culture, um, and then developing the heck out of those people, right? So mm -hmm. when I was um, in Dallas, that's when they started the training program. And, and you know, we were just getting tons and tons of, of really great development, both how on the recruiting side, on the sales side, how to, uh, how to treat people from a customer perspective. I mean, those guys were awesome. So my journey as a founder was, is seeing how it's done correctly, right? And living through that and, and you know, taking a lot out of that. I then left Apex and uh, I, I joined an existing executive search firm and started an IT staffing uh, division with an executive search firm. Uh, that shall remain unnamed. But that was a miserable experience, <laughs> taught me how not to treat people and how not to operate a business. So I oh. took those two lessons, and that's when we actually started what was then called Time Sheezy. So that was the time and expense product that we sold yeah. to Bullhorn in 2013. Um, we knew how not to do it. We had seen how to do it. So the goal was to actually pull those things together, learn from those lessons. And then I realized once I had done you know, the Time Sheezy thing, I was pretty much unemployable. Um, because I kind of feel like I've got good ideas about stuff and I want to be in charge. Um, so um, once we once we sold and I came to work at Bullhorn, Art probably knew that I was going to leave you know, pretty soon after that. Um, we knew we were going to start Employee Drive pretty much immediately. So the, the goal was to, you know, like I said, kind of pick up where Employee Drive you know, left off, so or where, mm -hmm. where Time Sheezy left off, right? Yeah, yeah. So it seems like from, from what I've read about Employee Drive that that customer experience is really, really important and an important part of the business and something yep. that you really emphasize. And it's something that you've echoed just now. How do you think that your singular focus on the staffing industry helps you provide a differentiated customer experience or an elevated one? Yeah, so I think 
like like we were talking about earlier, right? Is the is the the shared experience, you know, with our customers, the fact that you know, and I always pick on muffler shops. I don't know why muffler shops stick in my stick in my head, but you know, when when we're on a uh, on a support call, you know, with a client, the next phone call is going to be a staffing company. The phone call prior was a staffing company, right? And so there's so many nuances um, in the staffing business, especially when it comes to time and pay and billing and all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? And so um, the fact that we know that niche so well, all my support reps have some exposure, you know, to staffing before we, you know, before we hired them. Um, so I think there's that shared experience. There's an empathy there, you know, that we know what it's like to, you know, be sitting there on a Thursday waiting on time cards, right? That's a, that's a thing we've done, right? right? So, um, so I think at the end of the day, our clients kind of respect that. We, we've also got some pretty specific metrics around how we deliver support as well, which I think is another big differentiator is the, our metrics are vastly different than an ADP or paychecks. So we could just operate at a much higher touch level. Our, our average customer is about anywhere between 350 to 400 employees, depending on the week, right? ADP's average customer is 20 employees, right? So they have anywhere between 100 to 150 clients per support rep. We average about 15 clients per support rep. So just availability. So I always say that the two of those things combined, the fact that you can get in touch with us and we know what the heck you do for a living. I mean, without question, that would probably be the number one thing across the, the bulk of our clients. That's our, our biggest differentiator and kind of competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think for something or for a business like Employee Drive or even like a back, background checking company or something that's completely nece- necessary to the like the operation of your yeah. of your business, you you want to be able to get in touch with with support when right. you need it because it's so right like essential to your bottom line right. at the end of the day. Like it's yeah, I I feel like I've also talked to a lot of people who. I talk to a lot of people about background screening companies because that's one of the categories that I manage in the in the marketplace. And I feel like one of the biggest drivers of churn off of a certain provider, if they have the, the choice, is because the support isn't great or mm-hmm. they're not able to get in touch with someone as soon as they need it. So yep. yeah. yeah, that's definitely a, a big one. I'd... I would say support is like one of the only areas of a business. Like people always say when things are going well, People don't notice. You yeah. only hear complaints that are going right. poorly. I feel like support is the one area, at least in my experience, where if you have phenomenal support, customers do call that out. And they're oh, like, yeah. this went seamlessly. You were always responsive. So helpful. I wouldn't be able to run my business without like your support. Yeah. I think it's like the one exception. Right. Totally. Yeah. It no. Absolutely is. Well, it's it's funny because that, that, you know, we always, I joke, you know, but and, and, you know, I say ADP is our best sales rep, right? Because, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's because of that, right? It's it's just the uh, yeah. you know availability and knowledge. I think are the two big yeah. things. Yeah, it makes people trust you. Makes them feel sort of like an affinity to your your brand. Right. Yeah. Well, that's it. If, because yeah, you know what we do is such a you know, I think just traditionally it's such a commodity, right? It's like it's like yes. you know it's 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 like the power company, right? And and. For a lot of clients, it's kind of the same sort of mentality, right? I got this. I got one like here. We've got Dominion Power, right? Um, mm-hmm. With with payroll, it's like okay, I got paychecks or ADP. They're kind of they're interchangeable, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot of choice, so I just I do it and I bear it, right? Where we really kind of the goal is to really make it more of a value add, right? It's not just a commodity that you're you're paying for because you have to have it. It's it's how do we how do we uh, 
how do we make the business more efficient, right? How do we mm -hmm. um, how do we get people paid more quickly, more accurately? You know that sort of thing. We 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 hope that our legacy is kind of more along that lines, not just the commodity, just checking a box, but but actually helping these clients grow. And oh, by the way, when our clients grow, so do we. It's kind of cool, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. We've got a we've got skin in the game, you know. Totally. Yeah. Are there any sort of I guess, new pain points that you've seen in the industry that might make you want to start another company? Do you ever think about founding a, a second or third company, I should say? Well, and we assume it would be in staffing. Yeah. Well, it, that's a loaded question. There's still... <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. No, there's... <laughs> yeah, we can't ask that. There's, yeah. ATS. No. Uh, yeah. Never. <laughs> no. Never. No. Um, no. No. I, I think at the end of the day, I think the um, for, for us... Um, certainly we see a lot of need for, you know, ancillary products, whether it's to what we do or, you know, and then you, you got stories like, you know, Herefish, those guys found a very specific, um, you know, pain point idea. They went out and mm -hmm. got after it and, you know, look how that, you know, went. Same thing when we did Time Cheesy, mm -hmm. we, we lived that problem. We tried to solve that problem and, you know, it worked out really well. So I'm sure at some point there'll be, you know, something else, but I've, you know, I'll give the Bill Belichick, you know, answer. It's like, you know, we're focused on this business. I'm, we're so laser focused on making our internal operation as efficient, you know, as it can possibly be with the, the systems we use internally, given our, our team development around how they support our customers. Um, but I wake up every day, you know, trying to think of ways to make what we do now, you know, just better. Right. And, and then, of course, then yep. on the same you know, same side going out and just getting a, getting more customers right and so that's you know obviously the big focus so i'm sure at some point we'll do something you know something again but you know this is uh this is our baby we're, we're trying to grow this thing so yep love it you love the problem you found the solution and now you're just trying to make the most of it that's yeah. it that's it <laughs> love that all right well yeah. yeah so hannah's giving me the eyes because we have some trivia for you oh boy this at the end of this podcast, but we're playing to our audience and we made it basketball related because we did our research. So we could have done staffing, but we do normally do staffing, which is more relevant, but a little less yeah, yeah. fun. Mm -hmm. So are you ready for your first question? I'm ready. All right. Which three positions did Michael Jordan play? Not just in basketball. A shooting guard, B small forward, C outfielder. Uh, well, all of the above. Yep. That's true. Ding, 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 ding. Do we ding. phrase that one wrong? I, no, which, with you just which didn't, three You just didn't give me the D. Not yeah, you didn't give me the fourth, oh. the fourth answer. Because yeah. two of those are, um, or sorry, one is baseball. I actually didn't, I didn't know that about Yeah, he played for the played Birmingham Barons. Outfielder. Cool. The Barons? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, that was a Birmingham. What's the name? All right, you can do the second one. Question number two. Which of the following players has the most points in a career? Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaq, or Yao Ming? Uh, Kareem. Ding, Correct. ding, 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 ding. Correct. Well done. All right. Question three. Which team won the first ever NBA game? Was it the LA Lakers, the Houston Rockets, the Boston Celtics, or the New York Knicks? The Knicks. Yep. Wow. So good. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't believe that you actually were a pro basketball player if you were getting any of these wrong. Right. We would stop believing. <laughs> I would probably You'd still lose believe all it. <laughs> well, I, I was only a pro basketball player for a month, so I probably don't count. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's more than most people can say. That's true. So. That's a good point. I think it counts. <laughs> basketball was invented by kids in Springfield, Mass., a scientist, a doctor, or a gym teacher. A uh, doctor. Yep. 
Dr. Naismith. So good. Have you been to the Hall of Fame? I have not. No. That's your Un- that's your stopping ground. I- Unfortunately. <laughs> I'm from Longmeadow, which is right next to Springfield. Oh. And a lot of people have like sweet 16s and, bar- and bat mitzvahs at the, the Hall of Fame. Oh, so really? Yeah. Interesting yeah. fun fact. Oh, that's yeah, cool. It's a weird fun fact. Yeah, it's like a venue. I sort went to of, the, yeah. the Maccabi Games there. As oh. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, cool. That's almost fun. Anyway, nice. unrelated. Last question. Last question. My favorite question, you could say. What is the name of the 24-year-old Boston College graduate who plays safety on the L.A. Rams? Is it A, John Johnson, B, Adam Adamson, or C, Rod Rogers? <laughs> no idea. Rod Rogers. <laughs> it's John Johnson. John oh, Johnson. Geez. You know what, though? We asked, we asked Ben, our audio guy, that, and he said Rod Rogers, too. So maybe that's a real person. I have no clue. <laughs> Neither do we. I don't pay quite as much attention to names. the NFL. <laughs> Honestly, I just searched a bunch of first name, first name, Ersons yeah, yeah. before I came first across name, someone. Yeah. So I thought I tried to find Adam Adamson. Apparently there's mm-hmm. Andrew Adamson's who directed Shrek 1 and Shrek 2. And I really thought I hit gold with that one. But it was <laughs> it's funny. I was uh, back in the day when I was selling uh, staffing here in Richmond. There was a guy, two guys at a client. They're they were right next to each other. And in and, and their cubicle, one guy was Mitch Mitchell and the other guy was Rich Richmond. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I love that. dude, Jeff Jefferson, man, we gotta like, we gotta hang out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I would be shocked if you didn't all get along really, really well. We, we got along <laughs> swimmingly. That's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. So, Jeff, we've loved talking to you about your name, <laughs> your career in staffing, and your journey as a founder. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Really yeah. appreciate it. It's been been fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we'll see you in Engage, right? I'll be there. Cool. Awesome. See you then. All right. See, ya. see you guys. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe on Apple or Spotify podcasts. And if you're interested in adding Employee Drive to your staffing tech stack, make sure to check them out on the Bullhorn Marketplace at bullhorn.com slash marketplace. <laughs>